Today, I want to tell you about a journey that I've been on for most of my life. Ever since I was a kid, I've heard tales of Bigfoot and wild men while spending time with my friends and family. As I grew older and read more about the paranormal, my interest in cryptids and other things strange only deepened. That's why I'm so excited to share with you what I've personally become involved with, the Untold Radio Network. The Untold Radio Network is a live streaming podcast network that airs a new show every day across all podcast platforms, YouTube, and more. They have eight different shows on all sorts of exciting topics, such as Bigfoot, cryptids, UFOs, aliens, and much more. I even have my own show called Weird Encounters, where I talk about all things strange. This is more than just a podcast network. It's a community that allows me to meet so many amazing people who share their stories and experiences with the strange. If you're interested in hearing more of these stories and learning more about the paranormal and cryptids, make sure you check out the Untold Radio Network for all kinds of exciting shows. It's free to subscribe, so what are you waiting for? Visit www.untoldradionetwork.com today. Before we get started with the show, I want to take a couple of seconds and talk to you about something that's really important to everybody. A good night's sleep. Recently, I found myself having a hard time falling and staying asleep. I was waking up every morning with shoulder and back pain, and I felt like I'd been in a fight the entire night instead of getting a good night's sleep. I thought it was just stress and maybe the back issues from many years in law enforcement and carrying a heavy-duty belt. But then I got to thinking about my mattress. It had been several years since we replaced it, so I started taking a look around. And that's when I found Vitalis Sleep. We ordered their 12-inch platinum copper-cool hybrid mattress and two of their adjustable cooling pillows. After the first night, I woke up the following morning and I felt like a new man. I had no shoulder and back pain, and I felt better than I'd felt in years. So if you're having trouble sleeping or you're waking up feeling groggy and tired in the mornings, or if you can't remember the last time you've changed out your mattress, head over to VitalisSleep.com right now. They're offering all of my listeners a 20% discount on anything you purchase off the website. Just enter the promo code ODYSSEY20 at checkout and you'll get 20% off of your entire order. The link is in the show notes, so head over there now and start sleeping better tonight. I was listening to the story about, it was a story of a family in Washington and the little boy called the Bigfoot the Cowboy Man. And he had, apparently it had made an effort to steal this kid. And it hit me. My children were in that playpen behind me with nothing but a mosquito net over them. It could have crept up behind me and taken both of my children and I wouldn't have known. father just got like a Mustang or something from Wyoming, okay? He had it out in the corral because he couldn't put it in the barn with the, in the stalls with the other horses. It would kick and made all the other horses nervous. Had a Seminole Indian working the horse trying to break it every day. So they had it out in the corral. This skunk ape snuck up behind this horse and grabbed it on its hind quarters. This particular horse kicks out, jumps over the corral, runs into the pasture, you know, to get away. At this point, the rancher's out there just blasted away with the dirty, dirty. Skunk ape runs into the swamp. I went up there uh, one day after that, or two days after that, I went up there and sat in the silence up there and it i'm telling you man it was free it was crazy you know it was it, there was a crazy vibe up there still i did what i could to kind of get things under control but i told her i said you need to get off this property i, I feel like no matter how strong you are it's almost like standing in the ocean you can't stand still without moving your feet you're going to get knocked over eventually no matter how strong whatever it, you, you can't withstand a barrage of, of weird spiritual energy What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Paranormal Odyssey. Got a great one lined up for you today. Had a chance to sit down with Richard Moschella from New Jersey. Richard is a medium, a paranormal investigator, and a spirit artist, which I think is really, really cool. He not only goes into these investigations and does the normal stuff, but he can actually sit and draw out the person that he's interacting with that has departed. And uh, nine times out of ten, there is a very, very good resemblance 
Uh, also going to share his website where you can go and have a look at some of these drawings that he's done. Richard's a really, really cool guy. This was a great talk, and I know you guys are going to enjoy it. Guys, if you would, take just a couple of minutes and go rate and review the show wherever it is you get your podcast. I really, really would appreciate that. Please check out our website, paranormalworldproductions.com. If you've had an encounter and would like to come on and share it with me, I would love to talk to you about that. Shoot me an email to Wayne at paranormalworldproductions.com Guys, I hope you, that you will head over to Instagram as well as TikTok. Follow us over there. I'd appreciate that. Also want to remind everyone about Paranormal Odyssey Live, which can be found every Friday evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern over on Facebook. Hit that subscribe button, please. Also, over there on the YouTube channel, you can find the little short stories that I have been sharing, uh, up to 22 or 23 of those now, something that I really enjoy doing and been getting some, some positive feedback on it. So, guys, check those out and let me know what you think, if you don't mind. Anyway, that is enough of all of that. I know you're ready. I'm ready. Let's get started. I'm joined today by Richard Michella. Richard is a paranormal investigator, an author, and a medium. Busy man. Richard, how's it going, buddy? Thank you for having me on, Wayne. I'm doing well. You? Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing very, very, very good. Thank you so much for taking the time to come and hang out with me this morning. I've been looking forward to speaking with you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, I'm looking forward to shows like yours that, you know, we can start spreading the word of the paranormal and start talking to other people that have experiences and this is what it's all about this power unity so i really embrace the podcasters out there that keep getting that information out there and getting different points of view and be just being able to talk about it yeah yeah i appreciate you you saying that very very well said it's one of the things that try to do with this show just to touch all the different levels of it uh, i've had quite a few mediums on uh, since i've been taking over paranormal odyssey and a lot of people don't consider psychics to be paranormal but but i do i mean yeah. what's the definition of paranormal you know yeah it's operating outside of the norm i mean and i mean if you think about mediumship right our ancestors always believed in a connection to our ancestors and being able to commune with them i think it's not you know you go back two three hundred years little by little we started to lose touch of the old ways and the beliefs that our ancestors are always around us and that you know if you sought to communicate with them besides on All Hallows' Eve, or, you know, that, that connection is always there. Yeah. So all what a medium does is they're able to hone in to that frequency that spirit is operating at and make that connection. And that connection is sacred. And I believe we all have an ability, that intuitive nudge, if you want to call it that, that intuitive feeling that we now change to, oh, I had a gut feeling. Right. We, we like all hear people say, oh, I had a gut feeling about this situation or I had a gut feeling about that person. But get gut out of there. You had an intuitive feeling about that person, you know, to the degree of that intuitive feeling that, that, that everybody has. We all vary. I believe some people can be a concert, you know, a concert, you know, a piano player, a guitar player. Some people just do it for a hobby. You know, it's all to what level we can become good at. And there's some people out there that are leading the charge with mediumship. They're on stages. They're doing these, these readings for sold out crowds. And I applaud them. You know, it's all just finding our place in the community, you know, and being connected with spirit and strengthening that bond as we go. Do we all want to be on stages to sold out crowds? No. 
you know, for, for me, I take a lot of pride in just being able to help people that I encounter, whether it's private clients, the locations that I go into. If I could go into a location and just bring forth some mediumship evidence, evidential evidence that then could be validated, which is important, validated information with the people that are running it, whether it's a docent, a historian. But if I could bring forth this information that could help aid an investigation or help aid a client that's going through grief and is trying to know if their loved ones are are with them, if there's a message. And when these messages come forth and I could sketch that person that's coming through and it matches what their loved one looked like, if it matches, um, I'll get images. I'll, I'll, I'll write around the picture. I'll show you. This is an evidential spirit art reading. So this is just a brief image here. Um, you'll see I got man, 82, 85 years old. He had an issue with his cardiovascular. Um, and I get right down to the nitty gritty, what they did in life, who they are connected to, who they are bringing forth, messages, anything that they want to say sorry about. Um, and this comes all around the photo. I'll get words. I'll get symbolism. I'll get sayings. And I'll add that all to that picture. So I do this for my private clients. I also do this for the locations that 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 I go into. And it's pulling that evidence out and communicating with spirit that I really feel that we give spirit a voice. Now, that one that you just shown me, for example, uh, was that one? I'm assuming that was accurate. You, you did that for someone and, and you were accurate. Yes. Yep. Okay. And if, if, if you go on my website, um, richardmichella.com, you can see I have photos of the sketch and of the person. And I, I do that with all of my clients. I make sure that we show a picture of the sketch and a picture of their loved one. And you'll see, you know, I'm not an artist, so I know I'm not capturing this artistic portrait. What I'm doing is I'm sketching the essence. And that's very important with a spirit artist. We try to capture the essence of that person, maybe the way they looked, their lines that they have in their face. Did they have a large face, a skinny face? Did they have dark circles under their eyes? Did they wear glasses? Did they wear a hat? Now, these are little things that we try to bring out because when I show you that picture and just say, we're going to talk about your grandfather and he loved trains, right? And he, 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 he loved the railroad. So in that sketch, I'll get a train. I'll get train tracks. I, I might even get him in his work outfit that he worked with train, you know? So this is the stuff that comes forward and brings forth an evidential reading because it's evidence-based. It's not loosey-goosey. And I'm saying, oh, I see him with a tree and I see him, he's, he's swimming in water, you know? <laughs> Well, what is he doing in the water? Was was he a fisherman? Did he, you know, um, was he part of the Coast Guard? You know, so it's really asking spirit, if you're coming forward and you're telling me that you loved water, well, what did you love about it? And being specific and getting those little pieces of the puzzle and bringing it forth to the client or to the location that I'm working for. Awesome. Yeah, I've got your, while you were talking, I pulled up your website here on uh, my other computer. And uh, yeah, I was, was going to look at some of those pictures. I'm really glad yeah. you brought up the the spirit artist aspect of it, because you're the first one of those that I've, I've spoken to. I, I think personally that that may, that separates you a little bit, because you, like you said, anyone can, can sit and say, I see an old man. Oh, it's your grandpa. Yeah. everybody's grandpa liked to fish yeah. you know but if you can sit there and draw out the person that you're seeing and it actually matches grandpa mm -hmm. that's a level of validation that most people can't touch and it's capturing that essence you know and when you can sit there and pass over at the end of the reading this is the communicator this is all the information that brings this person back to life for that sitter that's sitting across from you. And this is stuff I have no way of knowing. I, I don't do any, re, you know, no, no research on you, the person. And sometimes even in these sketches, which is incredible, two or three spirits sometimes blend. One time I'm doing a reading for, for a client of mine 
her grandfather and his brother both came forth with with evidence. So it was like a ping pong match between her grandfather and her grandfather's brother. And this information just kept going back and forth. So it was actually two spirits came through and I was interpreting the symbolism from each from each one and writing it down. And the sketch looked a little bit of the two of them. So you could see that family, you know, that that big Italian schnoz and, you know, all all this stuff. But it actually captured two spirits. Stay tuned for more Paranormal Odyssey. On the sketch, which was incredible. And, uh, it, you know, at, at, at the end of that, she it was around the holidays and she was so excited because she's like, I can't wait to show my family because we often think about them. Um, and when I mentioned like evidence based, there was a reading that I was doing, Wayne. And the number one thing that came through as as I started sketching was dishes. You got to talk about the dishes. So the woman that I was doing the reading for, we get to the point in the reading. I said, we got to talk about the dishes. What's going on with the dishes? And she goes, oh, my God, I was sitting in my kitchen last night. My daughter, she's getting married. She's moving out of the house. I was wondering, I said to my mother, what should I do with her dishes? And I go, well, this is what you're doing with the dishes. You're giving them to your daughter because she wants her dishes to to go on. And that was the number, like the top thing that I wrote on the sketch. You got to talk about the dishes. So once I mentioned the dishes, her mind was blown because she's like, oh, my God, I just mentioned this last night, sitting in my kitchen, quietly talking to my you know, mom. So that even talks about the consciousness of spirit and how we can be talking to them quietly in our mind, you know, in, you know, our mind, and they understand, they know what we're thinking. They know that we miss them. They know that we're communicating with them. And that's amazing. So right there, that little piece of information just brought the reading so much more weight to my sitter. I'm looking at your site right now, and there's several of these drawings on here. This isn't one or two that you might have gotten lucky on. There's a couple dozen, it looks like, maybe. Yes. And some of this stuff is it's just uncanny. It's cool as hell. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't really know what to say. That very first one of the older gentlemen. Right. I mean, that's so impressive. Yeah, that that was at a um old home that we did. It was this 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 historical home from the early like nineteen hundreds here in Jersey. And I was walking the property and I, I always walk around with my sketchbook. You know, I got the K2 meter and all that stuff, but I always have my sketchbook because my mediumship comes first. So I remember I started sketching this older man and he had a certain kind of suit to him. He had like that, that, that mustache. So I'm sketching him out. And the docent that was with us was doing the walkthrough with us. She was just shaking her head. And I go, what? You know, he doesn't look like she goes, no. Come here. And she brought me into the old home. They have these photo albums that are massive of the family that lived there, opens it up and goes, that's him. So, and this isn't even a place that has like tons of photos on the internet. So it it was great that she had to open up a huge photo album and say, that's, you know, the man that you just sketched and this was his house. Yeah, uh, this is something that I I tell every medium that that I have interviewed. I'll just go ahead and tell you, too. I'm not asking for a free reading. If you get anything about me while we're talking, stop me. Stop the interview and just tell me what you're getting. Okay. Again, I'm one of those people. I have to. I have to hear it. You know, I I have to see it firsthand. But you got it. Some of these pictures, man, (laughs) it's pretty damn impressive. It is. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to share some of these and and uh, something I do for all of my guests. Uh, I put the uh, in the show notes, I attach links to anything that you want to share. So I'll, I'll definitely be attaching your website to it so people can go and have their own own look at it. Thank you. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about how you got your start. Uh, how did you first find out that that you had this? Well, let's change that. This is something I always ask. Do you consider it an ability, uh, a hindrance, or a gift? And 
at what point did you realize you had it? I think there's a little bit in the genes that's been handed down from generation to generation. You do find that with mediumship and intuitive um, ability. I also feel that it is an ability that I worked on to strengthen, just like a muscle. You go to the gym and you build up, you know, your your you know outside body. You build up your muscle. It's the same thing with mediumship and that ability because you know you could have it and you could not use it and it becomes dull. But uh, you know, to get right down to the nitty gritty of it all, my family from the start had very much mediumship skills on my dad's side. So the, you know, ability comes from my grandmother passed on to him, passed on to me. And, uh, you know, and once I was a little kid and you start hearing things, you start seeing things that are freaking you out. Um, there's countless nights that I went to bed feeling a presence in, you know, my, my room and feeling hands come, come down on the bed that I'm laying in and, scaring the crap out of me so you know pulling the covers up over your head saying please go away go away um to the point now in high school and stuff i'm going over people's houses and i'm picking up on energies i tell a story i remember this girl that i was dating she invites me over for dinner so i'm going over to meet her parents and i walk into her house and i go you know i i hate to scare you but i see an older man and an older woman He's wearing like a 1970s like tux and the woman's wearing like a gown and her hair is up and the man has these dark rim glasses on. It's a white tuxedo. She goes, oh, my God. She runs into her mother's room, brings out the photo, shows it to me. She goes, this is my grandmother and my grandfather. So that night I not only met her parents, but I met her grandparents because they were right in the living room at, as I walked in. I saw them in my mind's eye. They weren't physically there, but I I see things through my mind's eye. So it's clairvoyance. Um, So I see things like a movie. So I saw them in my mind's eye and I mentioned it. Um, We dated for a little while and then it ended. I'm sure her parents were like, don't bring the ghost guy back because (laughs) it's freaking us out. Um, So that after high school and stuff, you know, you move into different apartments, you're growing up. And I remember places that I would move into, I would be in bed at night. I would hear like these conversations that were happening in the living room. Um, And I rented an upstairs apartment from an old lady. So she would be in bed by seven o'clock. So it wasn't coming from her apartment. And I would check, but I would hear, you know, talking coming out from the living room. And I would go look and the apartment's empty and quiet. Uh, so it's all these things where you start saying, well, are the places haunted or am I the one that's haunted? So as I started going through that, now we get into like 2000s, you know, I'm, I'm getting out of high school and I said, you know what, I need to start coming, just start coming into this or coming out of the paranormal closet, as some mediums say, because, you know, as soon as you say that I'm an intuitive or I'm a medium, you get the friends out there that go, this guy's crazy. <laughs> you know, like, like, oh, he, you know, he hears voices. So there's a whole thing that comes to that. And then you worry about your job and where I work and how will my friends think. But you have to come to a point where you have to say, hey, this is me. This is who I am. You know, and if I'm able to do this for people, if I'm able to help with grief just a little bit, Not take it away because you never can take grief away. But if you can just help people understand that we're always connected to those that have gone by, why not do it? So now we're moving into like 2002, 2003. I start attending different mediumship classes and these spiritualist churches. The spiritualist church is amazing because they, their whole belief system is founded on that we could commune with our ancestors and those that have gone before us. So you get a beautiful church service. And at the end, they open up the floor to mediums to give messages. So you experience a beautiful church you know, service with hymns. And, but then at the end, you're actually able to receive messages from, from your loved ones. And I believe that's so important to anybody. You know, no matter what stage of grief that we're at, whether it's a mom, a brother, a sister, a grandmother, a grandfather, you know, just to receive a message just lets us know that we're always connected. 
So taking these classes and sitting through different philosophy classes on how the spiritualists believe and how to strengthen your you know, mediumship and what to base mediumship on and how to bring forth the evidence because they're very heavily evidence-based. We need evidence. Don't make your readings loosey-goosey. Get right down to it and get that information. If spirit is talking to you, you definitely can come forward with evidence, you know? So sitting through countless classes, you know, here I am. Um, I started writing books um, and I started to include all the investigations that I went on. So I started to write books. I got five, five books out now. I still have another four that are at the publisher waiting to be printed. And I'm working on more. I'm, I'm just always working which is good, whether it's doing mediumship, my writing, or the investigating. So for that kid who was born in 1982, I'm 41. You know, I was born in a time where paranormal wasn't all over television. I mean, if you wanted it, you had to go to that darkened corner of the library and take out a book. Or you had to watch, you know, the History Channel when it showed documentaries, or A&E when it showed documentaries in search of and sightings and shows, you know, like that and the birth of the X-Files. And so I was born in the time where we could appreciate where the paranormal field is out now, you know, and how much content is out there and YouTube and social media and shows like yours, this, you know, podcast you know, how many podcasts are out there? You could spend days listening to different experts and people in the field talk about the paranormal. So I think we live at a great time, you know, for it. And we also live at a time, too, where it's just overload, you know, and it's finding quality. It's finding people that really have the right message. And they're out there. So I, I really think what you're doing, what everyone else is doing out there is great. It's elevating the field and just sharing theories. There's kids out there now that are going to learn from, from this generation right. and our ideas and our philosophies and what we got wrong and what we might have right. So I really applaud you for giving all, all of the paranormal a voice. Oh, well, yeah, I, I definitely appreciate the, the kind words. Uh, I enjoy it. Uh, I love the hell out of it. You said that you spoke briefly about the the time that you came from, you know, being born in 82. I was born in 79. Yep. Four years older than you. And I, I know exactly what you feel. I'm a Bigfoot guy. That yep. I got my start. I'm a cryptid guy. When I was a kid in elementary school, you know, once a week, we'd go to the library, get to check out books. We'd keep them for that week, go back in the next week, turn them in, check out some more. Mine, I, anything I found on Bigfoot or cryptids, Loch Ness Monster, yeah. Chupacabra, that's what I was checking out. That's all we had as a kid. I mean, just these trips to the library once a week to check out books that had just a few pictures. And yeah. it, I mean, nowadays, if I want to see something, I just a couple clicks on my phone. Yeah. I mean, you could rewatch the Patterson film over and over again. And, you know. And that, that, that to me was when I was a kid and you saw, you know, Patty, you know, going through the woods and she turns and so many people were like, oh, it's a fake. It's a fake. I'm like, you realize this is 1967? Yeah. Any monkey movie out there, it's a man in a rubber suit. Mm -hmm. With the yeah. Patterson film, you could see muscle tone. You could yeah, even how Patty turns. You could see she's moving like an ape. I mean, yeah. they would have had to, this had to be the greatest fake of the world. Yeah. I, they I didn't talked, have that material. I've talked about it many times. It was either the year before, year after, a couple of years in that time frame. Planet of the Apes came out and they yeah. won the Academy Award for best costume. And yeah. you look at those pictures, uh, pictures of those apes. That was the best Hollywood could produce. That yeah. was, you know, the best in the world. That's what they could do. And then you look at Patty next yeah. to it. You tell me somebody created that costume. No, that, no that's a real creature walking through the woods in California. It just blows people's mind. I mean, yes, our history would have to be forever changed. And that's what makes people get up, you know, tight about stuff. You know, I, I, I talk a lot about um, like the stone chambers and the megaliths that are right here in North America, Northeastern America in the Hudson Valley. And as soon as I post about them, people are jumping on my post on Facebook. 
they're glacier erratics. They're, you know, okay, I do believe that glaciers did leave behind, right, these giant rocks. But did they position them on three smaller rocks that face the setting sun, that align to, you know, the stars, that align to the summer solstice in numerous places? Stay tuned for more Paranormal Odyssey. Now, if it happened once, but this now we're talking about, you go through Connecticut, you go through, you know, the Hudson Valley, you go through New Jersey. Yeah, it's just showing that there possibly was an ancient culture here that we have no idea who it was Mm -hmm. or where this knowledge came from. But because it would change too much of our history, we just have to keep saying the glaciers did it. And it's the same thing with Sasquatch. You know, if, if, yeah, if we brought forth a blood creature that you know can can be analyzed and sit in a lab and have you know that is what will make them happy. But seeing footage like Patty and it's just like, what more do you people need? <laughs> That's what they need. They need that body, like you said. They need it in the lab to to study it. That's what it's going to take. Unfortunately. And then, what's now your take on supposedly you know it being an interdimensional being? where it could slip in and out of this realm and into another. You know what? The the Bigfoot community is divided between biological and what we call woo, like the woo-woo. Right. Like aliens, portals, cloaking, stuff like that. Right. When I first started this about four years ago, I, I organized my group, Manimal Research, I was biological. You could not convince me anything other that that this is anything other than a flesh and blood creature, North American primate that we just haven't caught up with. That's all. The more people I've talked to over the last four years, I've done hundreds of interviews, talked to hundreds of people. Now they're seeing something, they're seeing something weird and it can't be explained. And I just, I don't know. Dan, that was a very long winded answer to a short question. Yeah. Hey, it's, that's that happens a lot in this field. I mean, yeah. because it's just you know, there's so many layers to something. I mean, if you listen to like John Keel, he believed in the super spectrum, right? Where all of this stuff is happening. You know, you got your aliens, you got your spirits, you got Bigfoot, and it's happening in certain areas. And because of the super spectrum, these dimensions say, you know, it allows things to slip in and out of this world, this reality, if you will, and into ours. And you could kind of see that in the Hudson Valley, in the northwestern corner of Jersey, too. Um, There's so many claims of Sasquatch, but yet there's so many claims of mysterious lights in the sky and people experiencing these energy beings. And I do get a lot of calls to investigate homes in this certain area. So you wonder if certain areas are more prone to the activity than others? Yeah, I mean, there there's certainly several. There's so many accounts of people witnessing a Sasquatch and then a, a UFO, either before or after the Sasquatch, and then the the report of orbs. Are you getting anything about these light orbs? Yeah, the woods. There's been, you know, cases of people having a Sasquatch sighting and then an orb, or an orb and then a Sasquatch sighting. Are they connected? Yeah. There's more questions than answers, man, and it's frustrating. Yeah. And, you know, you're not getting that much respect from this, you know, science. You know, they're just sitting here going, no, it's not real. Well, come on, let's go out in the field. Let's let's take all that money and let's put it out there. Or does our government know? Right. And they don't really want to explore it. You know, they rather it's still being that mysterious creature in the mountains. I mean, I've I've read books where some native cultures, you know, they have evidence that they're keeping away from the general public, mm-hmm. that they're keeping it within their tribes because they don't want this evidence to get out. And I don't know how how true that is, but you would think, you know, where these reservations are, where they could keep information within. Mm-hmm. possibly i mean yeah I mean, it's a very interesting topic it is it is and i don't mean to hijack your show and no i i you know love all things with the paranormal like i said i grew up that 80s kid like you you know and yeah reading books on sasquatch and aliens and 
In fact, my third book is a mixture of all these different things, the case files of the paranormal. Um, I wrote about my own encounter with Sasquatch. I ran into some prints in the mud and I took pictures of them. I'm a size 13 foot and they made my shoe look tiny. So I definitely am a believer than a non-believer in Sasquatch. So, Yeah, very cool. Uh, let's talk about some of the the ghost stuff, the, yeah. the normal investigations that you've been on. Do any jump out to you as being just over the top creepy? Um, I wouldn't say creepy. I was on an investigation with Full Moon um, Paranormal. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, this past weekend, um, what full what what Full Moon what they did was they had a location that, that we went to and uh, we go to the place and I'm talking to the crew and they said, are you drawn to anything? I said, well, actually I'm drawn outside to the tree and I'm feeling that there's a little boy who's attached to this tr- you know, tree. So I went out with my sketch pad and I start sketching the little boy and they're inside and they're running a ghost box session and through the ghost box, they start hearing boy tree and all this stuff pertaining to what i was talking about and now i'm outside and i'm sketching the boy and uh i'll I'll show you this sketch and we were blessed for that uh for that investigation because john zaffis came came out with us and he you know was part of the investigation and john is a huge and this is the boy So, and I was drawn to the tree and everybody sitting inside was hearing this, this little boy come through the ghost box while I was sitting outside sketching him. And uh, we're still trying to wait for that evidence to come back. I'm, I, I'm hoping we can find a picture of this child. But now we're talking about the early 1800s. And the problem when you do historical places is if the family wasn't rich, there's probably not that many photos. So now it becomes, you know, I saw him, we, we connected on evidence, but still we don't have that physical proof to put next to the photo. Um, I've, I've been on investigations where we've seen shadow figures um, right, right behind the door in another place that we investigated. I took a burst of photos and in only one photo, you see an outline of a man that's in back of the door. Um, EVP sessions that are incredible where, you know, you know, you're the only voice there in the room. You play it back and you hear screaming when you're asking them their name, their, you know, you know, their name, who, you know, who are you? What did you do? And it's just, so that is what makes your hair stand up because you're like, I was in a quiet basement. And when we play this back, we hear nothing but screaming after I asked these questions. And when I asked them, you didn't hear anything. So there was something down there with you pretty much right on top of your tape recorder. Like as far as my phone is away from me right now. So, you know, I, I think everything we do, you can look at it as being creepy or, you know, it's just going in with the right mindset. Um, a lot of the paranormal shows out there, they do push like the demon thing and, you know, Oh, it's demonic. And, and I always say this, you know, if we carry our personality with us to the other side, right. If we're a mean person, you're going to be mean on the other side. You're not playing a harp and you're sitting on a cloud. So if if you're mean and you go to the other side, you're going to be mean. Okay. If you were a nasty person, you're going to be nasty. So what do you do to a group of people that come into a place and start asking questions? You know, who are you? Demon. You say that, they're either out the door or they're shaking in their boots. Mm-hmm. So you really, you know, sometimes people are like, I heard demon, the whole investigation changes, you know, and oh, we need crucifixes and we need, you know, we, we, we need to do this. We need to do that. Well, let's look into this a little more before we jump onto that, you know, and we go to the extreme, you know, it could be a trickster spirit. So we, we, we just need to pace ourselves before we jump to, you know, the final conclusion of your dealing with these demonic entities in a home. You know, sometimes I find that the spirit does not want you there. And if you're feeling that kind of pushback, 
leave. Mm-hmm. You know, don't antagonize, don't push. If 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 communication does not want to happen, and you you can physically see it when you get responses on your EVP saying no, go away. Listen to them. You know, I I've I've worked with people where it's you know to the point where you know you know what I'm done here. If you guys want to stay, stay, but I don't feel welcomed. Again, that intuitive nudge that that we do get. If you don't feel good about something, leave. You know, and I feel, you know, there is good and there's bad. There's light and there's darkness. So I'm not going to sit here and say there's no such thing as, you know, evil. There's evil in the world, you know, but there's a lot less of it than what you think. Because when I talk about the paranormal and I'm at these lectures and people want to know, well, they they all want to talk about demons and devils. And I'm like, that's just this little fraction of what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's talk about the spirits of the loved ones or the people that are attached to these places where lives were lived. Let's talk about them and the voice that we gave them and the information that came forward. That's that's what's truly important in the work we're doing. It's not about getting yourself on the Discovery Plus, which is great if it happens. God bless you. But we're in this work for people. You know, we're in this for every person that we encounter. And maybe we could have a little impact on the field and the people that will come after us. And that's why I'm here. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I hope that I could draw a little more attention to the form of mediumship using spirit art. And I talk a lot about that on my website. And a lot of my videos are geared towards that kind of push where I'm talking about mediumship with the, um, with the spirit art attached. So, and that to me is important because this is work that was done by people that have long, long since passed, um, like Coral Polge, the Bang Sisters, um, today, there are a few mediums that do the spirit art. Um, Dawn, Dawn Pfeiffer, Joe Scheel, Rita Berkowitz. Um, so that's just to name a few. If you even go online and you want to further your education on spirit art. Okay. Um, have you ever been touched? You feel like you've ever been physically touched, yeah. attacked, but like touched or hurt, scratched in anything, anything like that? I haven't been hurt. Um, I've, I've, I've felt my arm grabbed. Um, I also felt in another location that I went to almost like electric, like run like through your body where you feel like tingling. And I was with another medium and we both felt it at the same time in the same place. And it was crazy. It was walking into a doorway that they said is heavily you know, it has heavily captured these shadow beings coming in and out of it. So whether they're spirits, whether they're interdimensional beings, whether it was an energy of, of like, say, a vortex that was happening there, but it was very interesting. And, uh, you know, that aligned to when I was in bed at night as a kid and I would feel the sheets go down and almost like somebody sitting in the bed, you know, could freak anyone out, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you said earlier that you feel like this is something, an ability that we all possess. And uh, every medium that I have spoken to has agreed with that. They they all say the same thing. Do you have any advice for people that are are coming up that realize they may have a little bit of disability? Do you have any advice on what they can do to to kind of hone their craft? Maybe uh, I could give you a few pointers. I, I would say one: you got to let you, you got to let go of ego, and and with ego is you got to let go of being afraid of being wrong. I think that's a huge hangup everybody has when they come into their mediumship. Is well, what if I get it wrong? What if I? The world isn't going to end if you get it wrong. You know, what, what you're learning is your internal voice. And the internal voice is, is this information coming to me or is it coming from me? And you'll start to learn that. And when you sit in different circles, you'll, you'll start to learn if this is your voice or if it's spirit's voice. And as you do your readings, which I encourage everyone, sit down with people, sit down with strangers. 
and do absolutely free readings. You could be upfront with them and say, this is just, I'm trying to learn and keep, you know, a notepad. And every time you get something right, check it off and check it off and check it off. And you'll start learning that internal to the external. So to or from, right? Second, I would say it's very, very important to find credible mentors. And mentors are people that are in the field that are established mediums. Now, some mediums offer classes through, you know, their websites. But a little little tidbit to know is the spiritualist churches that are pretty much in every state, they offer classes. And you could attend these classes on, on Zoom. You could go in person. And what you do is they have different topics that they cover, whether it's mediumship, psychic ability, tarot. And you could sit through these different classes with different people that have been in the field for a long time and learn technique and learn how different people work. And you'll start to say, well, I like their approach more than this one's approach. And you'll gravitate towards that. So the classes are really important. So for me, it was letting go of ego and you know, just coming to the understanding, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to be wrong. But you need to learn that internal voice and finding the teachers. You got to find the helpers of the people that are going to teach you methods, how to develop your mediumship. And third, I would say meditation. And it might fall into that woo-woo thing with some people, but meditation is very important because you need to learn how to quiet your mind. Um, That monkey brain is always going to be chattering, but it's learning how to quiet your mind, raise that vibration, and be able to hone into the frequency of spirit. And that's simply by quieting your mind and going inward, then outward. Um, And chakras, and learning how to balance your chakras and your own body's energy. Because again, if we're going to be that antenna for spirit communication... We need to be functioning properly and having your chakras in tune and vibrating is how we connect to that spirit frequency. So never stop learning. I got shelves upon shelves of books um, that I'm always reading and I cover all different topics. It's not just stuff on mediumship. It's stuff on interdimensional beings. It's stuff on extraterrestrials. I got books on Sasquatch. I I am a fan of the paranormal. I'm a geek of the paranormal. So I just love it all. But again, to sharpen your mediumship, I would say number one, just never stop learning. Stay tuned for more Paranormal Odyssey. Yeah, I mean, that's great advice that can be fit just about anywhere wouldn't you agree yeah and you know just constantly start reading you know and a lot of the information are in the older books that aren't published now so i go on like ebay and i i find mediumship books by mediums from the 1800s the 1890s the early 1900s when that spiritualist movement was booming you know right after the civil war with so much death in our country the the what the nation did was it turned towards spiritualism. You know, Lincoln had a medium in the White House. You know, our country had this yearning for communication with those on the other side of the veil. So the spiritualist movement booms. So you have the Fox sisters and the Bang sisters, the Davenport brother, you know, and you had this traveling, you know, at different theaters that you could have went to and saw table tipping and You know, and then it was as the 1900s went along, it kind of got quieter and quieter and quieter. But the spirit, the the spiritualist community is still there and they're still, you know, out there. If you seek them, you know, you look at their different churches or just different services and the classes. I would stress attend the classes because they offer many different topics. Yeah, I think it's cool that you brought up the the learning how to tell the difference between am I receiving it or am I making it? Because that that's a question that that I've had for a long time. Uh, dealing with telepathy, mind speak, you know, it, it's a belief in the Bigfoot field that mm-hmm. these creatures have that ability to to speak to certain people telepathically, and that's a question I've always had is. If you're communicating with someone telepathically or some being telepathically, how do you know that you're getting it? Is it a different voice? 
how how does someone tell the difference between someone is telling me this or I'm just thinking it? That's something that's always bothered me. When when I first got and I still do it today, but when I first started, you know, getting out in the field and doing my own research, I was big on it. But like I said, I still do it today. When I get out in the woods, I talk to them in my head. Uh, I'll that's say, very important. I'm not here to bother you. Uh, I just want to learn from you. I would love to see you. If you will grace me with that, I would be so grateful. I'm not here to hurt you. I just want to learn. But I've never gotten anything. Yeah. But, but you're stating your intention. Yeah. Uh, if, if I ever do get something, how will I know I'm not just thinking it? See, for me, like when I think you're putting effort into it, right? You're not just allowing something to slip into your head and out of your mouth. So you're not being just a clear channel. So like if I sat here and I'm like, well, let me think, let's say, you know, you know, Sasquatch says that, you know, you're, you're putting too much thought into it. But if something just freely flows into your mind, not really to what you're even thinking at that moment, let it out. And that's the same thing as I'm getting this evidential information from spirit, whether it's symbols, I'll be doing a sketch and I'll be like, oh, shoot, I just saw a rose go by. I'm going to draw a rose. Oh, shoot, a train track. There's something. And that's letting it just drop in. And as it drops in, put it out there like the automatic writing, right? How somebody could just be sitting there, right? And they're just using their, you know, sketch, their sketchbook and they're writing words. You're not really writing the ghost says to, you know, go into the next room because you're putting thought into that. You're just letting your hand go and you're just... You're, you're, you're truly being used as a channel. So I think as you get out there, you know, you throw that out there and random thoughts that just start popping into your head, write them down. You, you might want to carry a little like pad with you. And mm-hmm. as, as words or, or even phrases or even like the symbolism that pops into your head, because perhaps maybe the creature might even try that, you know, try just jotting down the random thoughts that pop into your head, because now that is coming to you. And it's not coming from you. It's not that internal, like that monologue. So, and that's something that we're always constantly fighting with. Is this coming to me or from me? But just like how you said, though, you're going into that situation. You're stating intention, which I feel applies to the paranormal field in its entirety. Whether you're a hunting ghost or Sasquatch or aliens, you know, stating that intention of what you are there for is huge. Okay. Yeah, that's that makes so much sense. Yeah, I, I haven't thought of it that way. That's great advice. Great advice. One thing that has stopped me from getting out and doing paranormal investigations because I'm so very interested in right. spirits, ghosts, the afterlife, all that. The one thing that has stopped me from doing it, and I sound like a broken record, I say it all the time. That fear of bringing something back with me, something attaching to me and me bringing it home to my family. Right. Have you experienced anything like that? And if not you personally, do you know of anyone that had an attachment that you brought from that place home with you? I personally haven't. Um, when I leave a location, again, I state intention. I say, you know, we're here to tell your story. If you don't want to talk to us, that's fine. You don't have to. But I ask you to respect us. I ask you to respect our bodies. And I surround myself with white light. Um, I'm also Catholic. So I also have some medals that I carry with me. Um, I have some crystals that I carry with me. So I just try to build that spiritual armor when I go into any situation. Um, I do know other investigators that I investigated with that I trust them 100%. And I know that they said that they left a place and they felt an attachment and it affected them. It affected them from their physical being. It affected their mental state. Um, And they knew who to go to medium wise or a healer to kind of help them shed it. Um, Yeah. I mean, if you think about energy and you know how a psychic, even a psychic, like a vampire. Like they say, like there's people that we work with that sometimes feed on our energy, right? Well, if the ghost or a spirit is the same way, they could attach themselves and feed off our energy. So, 
you know, at, at a certain point, they're going to have to let go because they're going to deplete you. So, you know, different energy workers know how to remove these attachments and they teach you how to build up your spiritual armor, whether it's through miraculous metals or crystals and meditation is huge and envisioning that white light of protection that in, that encircles you and cutting the ties of anything that's connected itself to you, whether it's spirit or whether it's a psychic vampire at work or someone who's feeding off your energy. Cause there are people out there that, that vibrate at such a low frequency, which we do encounter in our lives where it's like, I got to get away from this person because every time I'm done talking to them, I feel so depleted. Well, that's kind of what they're doing. They're feeding off your high energy. So the same thing happens in the spiritual world with the spirit realm. You know, they see somebody who's, you know, you're at a higher level than them. They want to feed off you. So, you know, I, I think just knowing the right precautions to take um, and that meditation and that reflection definitely helps. Um, and just be prepared and know that this isn't a game. This isn't something that we're out there trying to get thrills with. You know, this is serious. Yeah, I mean, that's great advice. Um, do you think if that was to happen to someone and they bring something home, do you think it absolutely takes that person seeking help from another person to help them shed it? There's nothing they can do on their own. From what I've seen, yes. From 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 what I've seen, you know, it really affected like mental state. It affected their physical body, their way of thinking, um, like their rationale. And in this field, we always have friends that are mediums, that are you know other light workers. So you know, we're taught, you know, if you feel like you're not yourself or something, you know, ask when you leave a investigation. Number one thing before we all leave is we ask everybody, is everyone okay? You know, we have to check our own, you know, our physical beings when we leave a location and just make sure that everybody feels okay, you know, and that there's no issues. Because as a group of people, as a group of energy, we could kind of help one another out. Or if we did feel that maybe somebody was affected, we can do whatever we can to get that person right. Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. So, yeah, and it's not for thrill seekers. And that's another thing where people with no experience, you know, they're playing with Ouija boards and they're, you know, trying to talk to demons and, you know, and that's not what this field is about. So like attracts like. If you're going into a situation and you're looking for trouble, you're going to attract trouble. And also being in the right frame of mind when you go into an investigation is huge, too. I wouldn't say investigate the paranormal if you're dealing with depression, um, mental illness. I, th th these are things that I would tell you to definitely get in check before you go wanting to be a paranormal investigator or even onto a ghost hunt, like a public one that they held. You know, just get yourself right because if you put yourself in a situation when you're vulnerable, it's like the weak fish in a tank. You know, the bigger fish is going to know that that fish is wounded. And that big fish is going to zero in on that wounded fish. And it's the same thing in this field. You know, they know when your armor is, you know, wounded. So it's very important to make sure you're okay before you investigate. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Now, uh, Richard, you are in Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. Yes. I cannot let you go without asking you if you have any experience of the Jersey devil, the Jersey devil. I live in Northern New Jersey. Okay. So the pine barrens for me is like a two hour ride. Okay. But I will tell you there, there was one trip down, you know, the shore a long, long time ago, probably early nineties. I remember my uncle and I, we were driving down like the pines and, you know, he was talking about the Jersey devil and, uh, he stopped the car at one point and he's like, well, we're in the middle of the Pine Barrens now. He's like, do you think, you know, the devil's here? And it was just one of those moments where the hair stands up and you start thinking of the story of like Mother Leeds and the 13th child. And um, the hair stood up and you could swear something was looking at you from the woods. And uh, it, was, it was just 
for a few seconds, we got back in the car and we left. But I know many investigators that I worked with in that area that have had encounters with a mysterious creature in the woods. They don't label it the Jersey Devil. You know, it's maybe Sasquatch. And I really, you know, I kind of leave it for them, you know. But uh, the Jersey Devil, hey, he could be down there. I I think at, at, at this point, enough people have put that consciousness out there, right, where they're thinking about this this demonic devil who lives in the, the woods, maybe they conjure it up themselves at this point, right? Yeah, that's something I wonder about all the time. You hear about these things, these entities like Slenderman yeah. or the Rake. These were things that supposedly were created, were internet sensations. They were created on the internet, but so many people started talking about it and dealing with it. Is it possible, in your opinion? To if enough people think it, can we create it? Yeah, I mean, that's consciousness. I mean, if you have enough people go into a location and say, you know, there's an evil man in this basement and he does this, this, and that, I believe after a time you might start encountering an evil man in that basement who does this, 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 and that, you know, and you think now you're going into the woods, right? And you're saying that this creature lurks and you know, and then you can get into the deeper thing, you know, the, the deeper thinking of our consciousness and think, you know, Pan and these gods that are trickster gods that, you know, that if you start venturing into the woods and you start looking for trouble, like, why not conjure it up? You know, why not? You know, now you're putting that, you know, thought out there and enough people have that maybe you're getting messed with. Yeah. I mean, you, you guys, y'all named your hockey team. The Devils. The Jersey Devils. I mean, you know, so that's like the number one, you know, attraction. You go down the shore besides the boardwalk. Everybody wants to go to the Pine Barrens to see the Jersey Devil, you know, so. Yeah, uh, something I've been doing on on Paranormal Odyssey on our YouTube channel is started doing these short little stories introducing people to urban legends or folklore stories and stuff like that. I haven't done the Jersey devil yet. I'm thinking about doing it, but the Jersey devil is one of those things that almost everybody knows about. So don't really see a point in doing that one, but I think the backstory, the original story is just creepy and interesting as hell. Like you said, the lady had the 13th child and stuff. That's interesting. And when the midwife delivered the child she noticed as she pulled him out he had hooves instead of feet mm-hmm. and then he kind of snarked at her and he flew up the chimney and perched on the top of the house and let out a blood curling cry and flew off into the night and you know here, here we are over 300 years later <laughs> we're still talking about the Leeds family that's not mayor fuel right there man <laughs> yeah. yeah all right uh Richard, before we get out of here, buddy, tell everybody where they can find you and if they want to book an appointment, where you're going to be, all that good stuff. You got it, brother. Uh, you can find all my information at www.richardmoshella.com. My books are all available on Amazon, Beyond the Fray Publishing. I got five books out, so you can check those out on Amazon. And I'm on all your social medias, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and I'm even on TikTok. So, <laughs> even on Thank TikTok, you. I've been pushing my TikTok channel quite a bit. Uh, it seems like okay. a, you got to be, man. Hey, I, I think any way that you can get out there, you know, on all levels of the social media platforms is just great exposure. It gets your content out there and, you know, it lets people see your evidence, it lets people, you know, hear these kinds of talks that, you know, we're having. So it, it's, it's, you know, a social media world. I think more people are on social media than they are on actual, you know, watching television shows right now. Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. You are. Uh, And again, any link that you send me, buddy, uh, I'll be happy to attach to the show. You got it. Everybody be just a click away from checking you out. Richard, again, let me uh, thank you for taking the time hanging out with me, man. This was a, a very fun talk. Thank you. I really enjoyed it, Wayne. I really appreciate your work. Thank you. Thank you very much, buddy. You enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. Thanks, man. They say you don't gotta go home, but 
Yeah. 